Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Inferno. It's been a couple of weeks since Patrick Batillo and myself, Dana Scott, have done a pod uh, for several reasons. Uh, one, I'm adjusting to fatherhood, and most importantly, because Patrick uh, has actually had to lay his mother, Carol Mead, to rest. This pod is in loving memory of her. She passed away on June 14th, and also we uh, laid her to rest on July 14th and no one knows love more uh, than than you for the sons as well as your mother you want to speak on that Patrick yeah thank you on July 2nd though uh, correction for when when we had her services yes and sorry. yes no Last you're week. good um, thank you appreciate all the continued support but uh, yeah she is uh, you know still will continue to be my biggest supporter um huge fan of the sons devin booker uh, myself everything that i did and continue to do um is is because of you know her and my father and and the way that they've raised me so um definitely uh great that we're dedicating this show to her and uh, her memory and obviously we'll be talking sons as a part of that as she would expect and want us to do so thank you and appreciate everything dana you're welcome and just so you know i did not plan to write the AZ Central article uh, until I saw her wearing the Booker jersey in her open casket. I, that shocked me in a good way. It, it was very touching and showed how dedicated she was to you as a fan and herself to the team, uh, namely Booker. And so I, I don't want to rehash the article. It's on azcentral.com now under sports. And it's, it's definitely, definitely getting a lot of traction on Twitter. But the most important thing is that uh, her love for not only the sons, but her family really showed out for the people that came to her service last Saturday um, uh, on Peoria. And it was just something that was a great tribute from everybody, including her husband, uh, widower, um, Dave Mead. And so what would you say about the way that her life continued in her last 15 years and a not just a son's fan but as a mother yeah you know um she's just a remarkable um such an inspiration to myself and so many others always positive outlook on life you know she's battled cancer um three times survivor and then um you know obviously the cause of death they are stating is the cancer came back and just spread and, and no one knew and just uh, shut her body down out of nowhere and so uh for her to have such resilience you know over the last 15 years and her not letting you know the chemotherapy treatments um removal of of, you know the tissue uh, from her breasts and and just one one hit after another and she just continued to you know have that positive outlook on life and and live life to her fullest you know support myself the team you know Devin Booker even in the years where many of those were uh, not great for the sons and and not a lot to cheer about and so um, you know she's just a remarkable woman and um, very very 
you know, sad that we, we lost her. And of course, um, how unexpectedly it happened, but I'm very grateful. She's no longer in pain and know that she'll be with me, uh, side by side now and everything that I do coaching as well as at each of the games and, uh, headed off to summer league, uh, tomorrow to, to check out and support our sons there as, uh, I do every year. And so it'll be great that she'll be, you know, right there by my side. Yes, indeed. In spirit, as she is for this episode of the Inferno, number 11, actually, that we're on. And just so every listener knows, we're going to talk about the Kevin Durant uh, pending trade, if it happens, and the Suns are his top choice, as well as the Miami Heat. And we're going to speak on Summer League. But first, we're going to just mention about the fact that you are a Brooklyn kid by birth. Oh, so yes, sir. I, I didn't even know that. I mean, you're, you're a Staten Island kid, really, right? Yes. Yep. I was born in Staten Island Hospital. Uh, my mom and dad both were raised in Brooklyn. And then, yeah, I was born in uh, Staten Island and moved here when I was seven. That's amazing. So it's amazing how you did not end up being a Knicks fan <laughs> in, instead of a Suns fan. I guess when in Rome, you just go to where you live and in, in, in terms of being a homer. Uh, for the rally around the home team as you rally the Valley. And this is the great thing about you is that you did not become some dyed in the wool traditionalist based on where you're from. Like I am, I'm from the tri-state area. I'm from Connecticut and New York. So we have that in common. Um, and so I still root for the Knicks, even though I do cover the Suns, I will say that, uh, but I know the Knicks is just a tragic comedy year over year, and it's gotten to be, you know, totally, totally un unlaughable of what they're doing to that team. My God. Anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yes, Katie. Did it shock you when he said he wanted to come to the Suns? I wouldn't say shock. Uh, being one of the top two, I would say that was impressive. Would be the word. Um, but. Uh, the talent that he is and, um, you know, his kind of his track record and uh, what it is. I know, you know, Booker has played with him and, and many of the elite players, you know, all have relationships and um, anyone that's played for Team USA that, that builds a, a different bond there uh, when you're playing for your country. So uh, it wasn't shocking. It was more surprising and exciting to hear that if it was his preference, which uh, it really isn't, uh, as we'll talk about, but uh, to know that he wanted to be here, you know, Phoenix isn't one of those destinations that gets called out by stars often as their uh, one of their top picks. So it was really cool to see that from, you know, the Valley perspective that, you know, a, a star such as uh, he would want to come here. Yeah, we really haven't seen anything like this since Barkley in terms of a first option of where to go next from a team. Barkley yeah, did this yeah. in 92 when he left Phoenix. I'm sorry, when he left Philadelphia uh, to become a son. He wanted to go somewhere where he said, unquote, unquote, get some help, okay? And yeah. that meant with Dan Marley, Kevin Johnson, and Tom Chambers at the time who was still uh, in, in the uh, – not in his prime, but he was kind of in the – midst of his career as you know wasn't an all-star by that time but he was still playing fairly well as their you know one of their top players so I, I see that Kevin Durant coming here is almost like one of those things where if a star says that they want to go somewhere then the market stops the whole market has literally stopped the Aiden thing was really the 
priority for the Suns and where he's going to possibly go next and how to match him to keep him here. Now that has totally been at a standstill because of Kevin Durant saying he wants to come here. It's like, okay, oh, well, if we can get DA and assign a trade, where are we going to put him in order to get Kevin Durant? And do we want to sell the farm in the future to get Kevin Durant? Now, what strikes me about this is that this could be two things, a repeat of the Nets and the Lakers, what they did, basically mortgaging their future to go and get their top names like Anthony Davis or like uh, for the Lakers and then Anthony Davis. Um, I'm sorry. Let me back up and then get or get it in the Nets getting James Harden and then getting, you know, Kevin Durant uh, after getting Kevin Durant and then trading all their draft picks trading basically their future just to get these big name guys, right? Yep. Nets don't have any draft picks till 2027. So that's five years of rebuilding or just assets that they cannot get back. And they're looking for a team to trade with to possibly get some of those assets back, right? Whoever would be the right suitor. And Phoenix has their next five first round draft picks. And they, the Nets don't because Houston has them from the Harden trade. Uh, back in February at the trade deadline. And the Anthony Davis trade from the Lakers, that worked because they, in 2019 they got him and then they won the following season after they traded up their young core of Alonzo uh, Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Julius Randle to the New, York, New Orleans Pelicans. And, and a couple draft picks too, I believe, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting for sure, as you said, everything's on pause if you're the Suns because uh, you can't make any moves without jeopardizing what would and could be needed in terms of that. So um, it's it's definitely been an interesting you know week now, and uh, I think it's going to continue. But at, at what cost and at what point? I think we're going to have to see uh, you know what happens over these next few weeks. Yeah, this could take months. It could be that the summer league this happens because uh, when you're in the summer league in Vegas, everybody's there. It's the biggest weekend or the biggest week. Uh, extravaganza that the NBA has next All-Star Weekend. So, you know, there's all the GMs and all the executives and the top players that go and watch the young uh, kids play for their teams after they get drafted or, you know, their second years or maybe they're trying to get back into the league like Aaron Baines. And uh, shout out to Aaron Baines, who I just read uh, from Brian Rindhorst's report on ESPN that he learned to walk again after you know, hurting himself, falling in a bathroom, playing out in Australia, uh, his native country, which is pretty wow. scary. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear about that? I didn't. Yeah. But that's a, that's crazy. Yeah. So he's 35 years old, playing in the summer league after he learned to literally walk again after falling in the bathroom and he was paralyzed for a year. And wow. Now he's playing again. Yeah. That's a great story. Crazy story. So then let's uh, get back to what I was saying is that with – Everything happening in the summer league with executives rubbing shoulders and such and seeing, you know, players and talking and such. This is a time where Nets GM Sean Marks, who will he, who is there in Las Vegas reportedly, talking to other executives, likely figuring out what could go next as a, another suitor for this Kevin Durant trade so they can get something back. The Nets are in the driver's seat. Initially, the Suns were in the driver's seat to figure out who they could send off to New, uh, to Brooklyn. It can't be Devin Booker because he's got a rookie max extension and that he's still in. He's entering the second to last year of that uh, and before he gets into his 
uh, four-year deal in 2024 for 224 million that he just signed as a supermax for being all NBA first team. So the Nets have Ben Simmons already, and there's a clause in the CBA that you cannot have two rookie max extended players traded from another team onto a new roster, namely uh, the Nets right now. So they can't get Booker. Chris Paul, if he goes in the trade, it probably won't be Chris Paul because they're, they just they don't want to take on that much salary that Chris Paul just got. He's entering the second year of his $120 million deal for four years. Um, but anything's possible in the NBA. Or DeAndre Ayton. They don't want Ayton because of that base year compensation rule, okay, in which half – it basically his salary could end up being half – of what it's uh, the, the the max base of 31 million that he'll get possibly or at least they that'll end up being half um, the value on the sun side of the equation and that would basically be hard capped on the net side so the nets don't want to deal with that in terms of hitting the luxury tax not because of his skills but because of what he'll cost so i'm hearing rumors that the pacers are interested in Aiden. now if the Pacers get eight, and that could be a good third team suitor because they are rebuilding. They have good assets in Halliburton. They have Miles Turner, uh, who's an inter, who's actually in his last uh, year of his rookie contract, uh, or he's entering the last year of his rookie contract. And then he's then they've got uh, Buddy Hield, who's a good shooter, and they're trying to find somebody to replace uh, Demonte Sabonis, who was traded to the Sacramento Kings in the trade for Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. That could be something as a third trade suitor because they are trying to find a third trade suitor in the deal to pull off uh, this Kevin Durant trade. Somebody with cap room that the Utah Jazz doesn't have because they were in the rumors as a third team suitor as well. You understand where where this is going, or did, did you? What oh are yeah. You hearing more? I I think well, what I think is if if the reports are clear about what Brooklyn is wanting, uh, that they're not going to get it right. So there was reports about what they wanted from Minnesota. Um, you know, rumor they wanted Booker. You know, from us, none of that's happening. So I don't see a deal happening just straight uh, between the Suns and the Nets. Uh, it would have to involve a third a third team, especially since. You know, the Nets, right after Kevin Durant, uh, you know, declared that he wanted to leave, uh, they re-signed their center for, I believe, two years. Um, and so that kind of marks Aiton off the list. Uh, and they did make it clear that they don't have interest in him. So to yeah. your point, to make it possible with with the assets we have and the strengths, it would have to be with a team, you know, that would have value uh, in Aiton and us involving them in that deal for us to be able to land that. So I think if, if you're, you know, the next GM, you know, your, your job is well on the line. I mean, you, you, you sold the farm to get the team you had uh, and ending at the trade deadline this year. And now, you know, one of those pieces is wanting to leave and the other you already have lost. So um, if his job isn't on the line, I don't know uh, how that would be possible. So he is going to do probably everything he can to ensure that, you know, this move is, is in the best interest of the Nets and so that's why everyone's like well he wants to go to Phoenix he, that's great yeah he made it clear but he he has no leverage very little leverage he has no player opinion. option yeah he's yeah got yeah there, there's nothing he no can do except his contract and he's you know do 198 million in that four-year contract so he has no leverage in that way uh and he has a he doesn't have a trade clause 
He, I mean, right. he doesn't have a no, he does not right. have a no trade clause. Yep. So, so he's locked in. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can make your preference and you can be upset, but if you're, you know, Marks, your job is to protect your own job and that's to make the best decision for the organization. And so um, that's why I think there hasn't been movement. They're in no rush. They don't have to be in a rush. Uh, does it put the Suns in a tough situation? I would say it puts them in a not positive situation, right? Where some of the moves that I believe the Suns would have made coming into, um, you know, last week would have happened had the Durant uh, comment not been made to where, as you said, now now you pause and, and have to wait for everything on that. But, um, you know, if the roster stays exactly as it is, are we in a bad shape? No. Um, would we want to have upgraded in some areas? Yeah. But um, I think that, again, the Nets are going to take their time with this, which means we either, uh, as a Suns organization, kind of wait for that and, and see what we can do to try to make that work or um, make a, a different move once, you know, all options have been exhausted from, you know, James Jones's perspective. Yeah, I agree. And I'm wondering two things. And let's, let's compare this. Would you feel buyer's remorse if you give up all that you can for Kevin Durant Meaning maybe Bismack Biyombo, who just resigned for a one-year deal for two point nine million, and uh, he's twenty-nine years old, and you're giving up uh, some other young talent like Cameron Payne, you know, who's due, uh, who has a second year of his nineteen million dollar deal that he signed last summer uh, after their run to the finals, uh, and also uh, some other players uh, such as Mikael Bridges, who the Nets are looking for <sighs> a future All Star, and he's a defensive player of the year runner-up this past season. Uh, Cameron Johnson, who was sixth man of the year runner-up uh, or finalist this past season, he got third in voting in that category uh, for the award. And then you got, uh, the, or, or the, if you he, you see Kevin Durant go to Miami Heat where he prefers uh, along with the Suns. So which would you rather have? Would you rather get buyer's remorse seeing him go to, or would you rather have buyer's remorse on the team, knowing that you're going to get cool jerseys with Kevin Durant on the back to go to Suns games? Or would you feel like you missed the boat seeing him go to another team like Miami Heat? And Pat Riley loves to have his superstars, by the way, as history shows, getting back to Magic Johnson, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, you know, uh, LeBron James and the Heatles, what have you. Yeah, you know, to me, you're not giving up the house, right? Uh, so I, I think the last, obviously Booker and Paul, I don't think go anywhere. Booker should be untouchable and, and is, in my opinion. Then you have, to me, Bridges is one of those that's almost untouchable, but isn't. So if everything, you know, came, push come to shove, everything else felt good and, and there was a good deal, could he be included? Yeah, I still am not a fan of that, uh, personally, because... Yes, I mean, Kevin Durant's a phenomenal player, but for, for everything that you built and what you have, um, to give up everything like that, if you will, to me is is not worth the return um, on investment. So, you know, to me, that's th those are the three I would I would keep kind of on. And when I say untouchable for Paul, is just I don't think anyone's going to pick up that contract. Uh, so Booker and and Bridges, to me, need to need to remain here. And so if you can make a deal happen outside of that with, you know, the max number of picks is four, you know, do it. But Outside of that, I, I wouldn't, and I don't think James Jones would honestly make make a decision that's going to, you know, jeopardize and, and put us in a position, you know, that is is not favorable just to land Kevin Durant. Yeah, this Kevin Durant thing could end up being like a Kawhi Leonard trade, not literally in which he sits out all this time before he's traded, you know, in, into the new season. But 
I'm thinking that if he ends up in Toronto like Kevin Durant, I mean, sorry, like uh, Kawhi Leonard did in 2019. Um, so for, and then they have a lot of assets that could build with. They have uh, OG Ananobi, who's been in talks of possibly trading up for DeAndre Ayton to Phoenix. And they got, uh, he's a great curator on, on the wing. And, and also they got Scotty Barnes, who just won Rookie of the Year. And he had a great season, obviously. And then they got Pascal Siakam, who was an all-star. And then they got Fred Van Vliet. So if Kevin Durant ends up in Canada, where he doesn't want to be, the Nets could see that as like, oh, that could be a suitor. I mean, do you see that as a possibility of him end up in Canada? Yeah, I don't think anything's off the table. Again, if, you, if you're Marks, your job is to make the best deal for the Nets organization. So to me, I don't think any team is off the table for them. And I think absolutely that is uh, something that's a possibility. Yeah. And also, I'm thinking about the fact that Aiton, James Jones really likes DeAndre. He really wants to bring him back, but it's a business. James Jones is a finance guy. And so he knows how to really, really gauge Aiton and figure this out and also gauge the media about Aiton and keep this hum, you know, keep this mum about where he's going to go next or what the team is doing. They're really tight-lipped. So with I was James Jones, I would say that I would want to put him in a market that is not in the sun's way. Put him in an East team, maybe like Charlotte or Indiana, that doesn't get in the sun's way. Don't trade him to a West team that will get in the sun's way and come next year when they get back to the playoffs. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. I agree with that. At least give him so send him to a market where he'd have fun. Like if it's Detroit, if he if he walks and they don't use him in a sign and trade, and go and be with his buddy, you know, Marvin Bagley, you know, the third, who just signed a three-year extension, and you know, or go to another city where he could thrive in a system that would use his skill set and people don't question him about his motor and question him about his aggression and such when he had a very great season as James Jones said he averaged over 60 percent uh you know from the field and and he was you know it was a walking double double so it's like the and also he was fourth in you know field goal percentage too so I'm thinking that James Jones would probably give they give uh, Aiden some consolation to put him in a market that he sees suited for Aiden to thrive not in a place that would be a Siberia Right. I agree. Uh, James Jones is a class act. So I don't I don't see this ending in a distasteful way, regardless of which way it goes. And so um, James Jones has that respect. He always has uh, with both agents, players and organizations. So uh, I think that they'll make sure whatever way this ends, that they'll take care of of Aiden. This is crazy how the market does not see Aiden as a max player after the season he's had. And he's number one overall pick and he's gotten better and better year over year. And they still- I mean, I'm not a I told you so person, but uh, we had that conversation right <laughs> <laughs> as it was ending, and I, I kind of gave my opinion on that. Touché, and now the market has, uh, has, has, has spoken, if you will. Yeah, three uh, pods ago, we did discuss. Yeah, that. yeah yep. And now to the summer league, you're heading there for yeah. Sunday, right? Yep. Okay, great. Tomorrow, so Tom, yeah. Once is this something? What's this third time you've been to summer league? Maybe. Oh, no. I've been uh, – COVID, obviously, it didn't happen then, but this will be season six or seven. Oh, man. Uh, going, yeah. Yeah. Double, triple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, COVID put a hold on it, obviously, when, when it wasn't happening. But last year was back uh, and then be there again this year. And then, uh, yeah, three, four years prior to that. So yeah. uh, it's a great time. I always tell fans the ticket prices have gone up. Yeah. Um, obviously, with, with COVID restrictions uh, loosening, it's just a great experience for fans. And I can't stress that enough. So especially fans that can't afford tickets to our son's games here, uh, the experience you're, you're walking amongst, especially like back then when like we play, there's a Thomas and Max Center and Cox Pavilion and they're, yeah. you know, connected, but Cox Pavilion is a small one. So like Tuesday, our game is in the Cox Pavilion. And so it's so intimate in there. It's like a high school gym, if you will. And so you, you're, you're bumping elbows, you're, you're seeing. So for fans that want that experience and being able to see players, coaches, uh, you know, front office personnel, current roster stars, you know, Booker and uh, the team were all there last. So who was courtside last year? It was like Booker and Crowder and Cam Johnson and Chris Paul. Uh, they weren't there last night from what I saw on TV, but I'm, I am would be shocked if they're not there, you know, this week for the game. So just a super great experience. Yeah, it's like $45, $50, but it's for the whole day. So you can watch, you know, five to seven games uh, a day or more if you're bouncing between the two gyms. So it's just a really great experience for fans uh, to be able to uh, enjoy the game and a lot of interaction the NBA does on the concourses and they have a bunch of kiosks set up. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a great time. And uh, for me, you know, I just love basketball and sons basketball. So anything that, you know, gets us going in that taste, uh, you sign me up for. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the most accessible that the executives and the coaches and the players are going to be with the fans, really, because during the season, everybody's barricaded off from between the fans and the players. Right. Nobody really has that hard line. Yeah, exactly. In Vegas, they just don't. Or in, you know, Salt Lake City, where they have uh, the Jazz hosting the, the other summer league or San Francisco. But Vegas is the cornerstone of summer league. And so I went there in 2018 and 2019 with my wife. And it was just one of those days where it's like a AAU tournament for an NBA, if you will. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like I remember sitting in the bleachers watching a – you know, Grizzlies versus Rockets game, you know, alongside Dana Altman, we connected because he had the same uh, first name. So, so it's just talking about his team for the upcoming uh, 20, you know, 18, 20, uh, 19, season. And so those things go a long way and you get to take pictures of people. And, you know, it's, and actually I, 2019, when I went, was the most memorable for uh, the summer league because that was the earthquake game. I remember you know seeing Zion Williamson and the Pelicans play against the Knicks, and Zion had that famous rip from Kevin Knox's rebound. He just tore it out of his you know uh, Kevin Knox's arms like the Hulk and banged it in two hands, and the crowd went wild. And then like three minutes later, uh, Zion. Uh, got hurt and he sat down and then the quarter after that the second quarter before halftime there was people running out of the uh, the seats and and, and 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 i heard over the pa speakers you know please go back to your seats it is it's a tremor it'll be okay and and uh, I'm paraphrasing what the announcer said but i saw the jumbotron swaying back and forth and i've noticed that my seat in the arena felt like i was in a boat and i, I realized that it was a tremor from an earthquake that was crazy. Wow. What an experience. Yeah. So, but yeah, summer league. Awesome. So if anybody can get out there, I highly recommend it again. The fan experience and interaction, uh, is, is bar none. And yeah. it's, it, the NBA does a really good job with it. 
Yeah, and also, before we get off this pod, let's talk about the Suns on Friday night against the Lakers. 104-84 blowout win. Yes. Most impressive player on the Suns. They had a balanced attack, actually. They had Lewis King. King and Wainwright, yeah. Wainwright had five threes. And I see him, he better be waking those threes because – I can tell oh, yeah. you, he's, he's tired. He said he felt like he had jet lag. Yeah. Jet lag, and he had an IV to keep him hydrated because he's playing for the Ugandan national team. He's actually a Ugandan citizen, uh, for people that don't know. And he's coming off his first year with the Suns after he had a two way contract, and he's playing with the team. He had 17 points, five threes. Five of nine. Let's talk about that. 55%. Yeah. It it, it was efficient. Yeah. Whenever I went to the Suns practices this past season, he was always shooting threes in the corner. They always let the media in as him and his shooting partner, uh, Landry Shamit, were shooting threes. And I could – he's one of the really, really efficient shooters. It's just that he didn't hit them very much in the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it seemed like he was a little bit – carefree in this game last um, yes. on Friday night yes. and uh, playing with the youngsters. And he's a leader because he has the most uh, experience on the team as somebody from the active roster last season. And the Suns really played up. Uh, they, 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 they played well, but also look at the, the Lakers, Scottie Pippen Jr. Okay. With a Y, by the way, it's actually with a Y. And Scottie Pippen Jr. said that his father, the great, Hall of Famer actually had it with a Y and changed it to an IE for some reason. He doesn't know, but his son actually had 17 points last night and had a couple steals. 19. I think he had 19. 19. 19. 19, Yeah. yeah. And he shot very well. Um, I think he he shot over, uh, he shot like close to 50%. And uh, he, you know, even though the Lakers didn't play that well, uh, Scottie Pippen Jr. impressed people. What did you see from that? You know, you know, what's interesting is it, he was impressive. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see he become his own, right? And a uh, side note, a uh, very interesting. So, you know, I coach high school basketball. Sure. Uh, June ended high school month, so it's back to AAU. And, and one of my top players uh, is playing in California right now. And Scotty Pippen Jr.'s brother and Scotty Pippen's son is actually in the circuit uh, playing in the same tournament. And Today, Calvin Winley, my guard, uh, just played uh, Scotty Pippen's son, and Scotty Pippen was there. Uh, they came back to win that game, uh, but wow. it was interesting because he was telling me yesterday, Scotty Pippen's here, and then Scotty Pippen Jr.'s at the summer league, and then obviously Scotty Pippen Jr.'s uh, brother is is there in California at the Open Gym Premier. So uh, yeah. there's a lot of Pippen action going on, um, you know, this this weekend. But I, I think you know it was it was good to see he was you know one of five from three, I believe he was. Um, yeah, his free throws, he, he needs to make sure he's, he's being more efficient there because someone like him, I think he got to the line double digits, uh, yeah, in terms yeah. of free throws, you, you right. gotta be efficient there because you're going to get those looks. But I think he was, he was, he looked to be moving well, facilitating. Um, he had some really good looks, uh, at, at, at some great assists, some, you know, they made some, they didn't. So I, I, re- I think I like his game and, and what is going to become of it. And it's really, like I said, it's always good for me to see somebody that is, you know, following in somebody's footsteps, such as, you know, a Scotty Pippen, uh, o- O'Neal, you know, um, obviously Bronny in the future. Yeah, Sharif O'Neal, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so it's great to see them be able to kind of go create for themselves and, and make their own name that they've earned. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think the Suns looked phenomenal last night. It was interesting being that they barely had any practices and outside of 
um, you know, Ish, Wainwright, you know, most of those guys uh, kind of all just came together, but the chemistry looked phenomenal. Yeah, I know we won by 20, but you could just, it, it just felt like that atmosphere that, you know, has been Suns basketball for quite some time. Yeah, Scotty Pippen Jr., quick uh, backtrack to him. He looked a lot like his dad, uh, picking up guys full court, quick hands, and taking, snatching cookies, man, big time, yeah, and making yeah. him into points. His offense uh, coming from his defense, man, straight up. That was great to see. And uh, I'm looking at this stat line from the Suns. King had 20 points, four rebounds, one block. Wainwright had 17 points, three assists, one steal. Oliver Saar, who was another starter, eight yeah. points, 10 rebounds, ten one blocks. Block. Not bad. McKinley, right, the fourth, eight points, nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals. Now, if that's not a balanced attack, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Like I said, it didn't matter where it came from. And that's what I love to see is just, um, again, even though this is a, a group that's put together for the summer league, you know, um, obviously King loves, he wasn't as efficient, you know, overall, I think 47%, um, yeah. obviously led with 20, but he loves the summer league. Obviously. He, he, yeah. He's not shy, he, man. He yeah. let it fly from three for real. <laughs> this, this is like where he is. He is happy. And, uh, you know, I think he was finals MVP last year for, well, not finals, but for the summer league and, uh, you know, one with, with, I think oh, it was Sacramento, Sacramento Kings. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he just enjoys playing there. So I think that with, uh, along with Ish Wainwright, uh, just adds a nice a nice balanced duo to this group that can kind of lead through uh what is a summer league yeah scott scalzi uh, steve scalzi uh is the head coach of the sun's summer league team he's the assistant to monty during the season he said that they're not looking for somebody uh, specifically by position but they're looking for somebody who can weather the storm and uh basically fill out their card and do what ish rainwright did last year and make it up from a two-way contract and not have a G League team because the Suns don't have a G League team. They sold it a couple of years ago to the Detroit Pistons. Um, and, and so they basically want to have somebody emulate Ish Wainwright. So that is the one to trace when it comes to making the Suns active roster uh, from the season, uh, at least uh, through preseason. So uh, we want to conclude this pod and say thank you all for listening. It's been great to get back with you, Patrick. And, you know, I got to go. It's go I want you to have a safe trip up to the Summer League and have a good time. And everybody continue to watch the Suns. They play Sunday at 2.30 against the Washington Wizards. Any parting shots? Patrick? Uh, just, uh, again, Carol, me and my mother, uh, may you uh, rest in peace. And we all have another angel, a son's angel that will always be with us. And I love you, Mom, most. And go sons, go orange. All right. Peace, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.